Legacy Maker, the All Sports Network, presents a Sertoba Media production where the struggle is real to be awesome. Five, four, three, two. The wait is over. Are you giving it to Dale Earnhardt Jr. because he piggybacked off of his dad's name? The because only difference is because there was a junior at the end and not a yes, senior. Yes, yes, and, okay. because, and because and because the, 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 the fact is, Drew, point with Oh, my God. <laughs> I had Miami Heat winning last night. I was, I was upset, too, when they lost. That's with you because of the fact of what you Get your popcorn ready. It's time for the In or Out Sports Debate with your hosts, Michael Bishop and Take One Podcast and Drew Willingham. That's right, everyone. We are live with episode 35 of the In or Out Sports Debate. I am your host, Drew Willingham, along with this week's special guest from the Take One Podcast and recently as well with the Four Wide Podcast as well. Give it up for Mr. Michael Bish. Hey, man, what's going on? I'm super excited to be here. Not going to start any controversy here, That's, but I will say in and out Sports Debate might be the best show on Legacy. I, you know, <laughs> might, 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 might start a little something here, get something popping in the chat. But no, man, I'm super excited to be here. It's going to be a great show. Yeah, at least try to keep it as energetic as I can and at least keep everybody coming back for more. The fun is here. That's that's my goal with every single episode. And with that, you know, we do have to acknowledge what I like to call the vault of fame to get us started, where we have our previous participants show up. Acknowledge me. That's right. That's the vault of fame right there. Acknowledging the previous participants from one to 34 right here. We are at episode 35, the start of double debate Tuesday, where it's Mike Bish here for episode 35. Paul Schofield here afterwards for episode 36, as well as next week. Previously announced, we have episode 37 with Joseph Raymond next Monday at 4 p.m. As long as episode 38 with Wazel Hefe, Wilfredo Otero next Monday. For double debate Monday. But again, we are here today for episode 35. And let's take it in here with Michael Bish. And with that, we were talking about a couple of our podcasts here at the beginning of the show, right before we went live. Why don't you take a minute or so and, and talk about yours? Let our fans know what we got going on with your show. Appreciate the time, Drew. Uh, but yeah, man, I'm uh currently on two podcasts that I kind of run. Uh, one by myself. It's called the Take One Podcast. It's uh film tv show pop culture podcast um i love to have guests on there uh that love film uh, i've had actors on there stunt doubles on there stunt coordinators on there directors on there um so that that's going actually really well man uh kind of died off for a little bit during COVID, but uh kind of got it started up the past few months and that's been 
really good. Been really kicking off. It's available available on all major podcast platforms. Um, and me and Cody actually just started a racing podcast called the Four Wide Podcast. Um, something we've talked about doing for a long time. You know, me and Cody have done several podcasts in the past. So um, super excited to get this going and started. We had our first episode last week. Um, it debuts every Wednesday night on Facebook Live. Um, and in the next few days should be available on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. So super excited for that. That's every Wednesday on Facebook Live uh, at 8.15 p.m. So I appreciate the time, man. Hey, anytime. And that was a great first episode you guys put out. It was definitely worth the wait. You guys had that, the old report show from back in the day. I can't remember, was it, what was it, the MC Sports Reporter? What now you had back in the day, the fa- Facebook, it was like five years ago or so. I remember, I remember Pisco sharing it. I checked out a few of those episodes and I was like, what happened to those guys? And then as time goes on, we find out what happened. But I'm glad you guys made your way back to Legacy Maker and, and uh, you guys are a part of the journey one way, shape, or form, you know. Definitely have had some good times here with Legacy Maker since we celebrated the five-year anniversary yes. not too long ago, man. And uh, we definitely all had our DNA somewhere all over that, uh, all over this brand. But speaking of brands, going along with this, the Interout Sports Debate is on its own Facebook page, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, and Twitch, as well as the audio platforms, Apple and Google Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Prime, Anchor.fm, and you can download on iTunes. Again, we are here for episode 35. We've got to get this bad boy started. Let's take it into round one. Round one. And here with round one, a former coach of Mr. Bish's team, the Philadelphia Eagles, now with the Jacksonville Jaguars. And this is what we have to say for round one. The NFL Hall of Fame game set the tone for Doug Peterson and the Jacksonville Jaguars for the 2022 season negatively. How do you feel about this, Mr. Bish? Are you in or are you out on this? I'm in. So this actually really hurts my heart to say, because I love Doug Peterson a lot, and I think that he is going to be one really, really good for Trevor Lawrence and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Unfortunately, I just don't think it's going to be this year. I mean, they've they really kind of gutted the team in a sense. They, they're in the rebuild of, of all rebuilds, um, if we're being honest. You know, they had... Uh, so key losses during the offseason with DJ Chark and Miles Jack and, you know, uh, you know, their center retired. Uh, so that's losing pieces on an on a offensive line that wasn't already really good at all was was a big hit for them. But, you know, the good thing is um, that they, they got a great head coach. Uh, they're they're out of the dumpster fire with Urban Meyer. They got a young, talented quarterback. You know, he showed flashes last year. But I think if anybody can um, get the best out of Trevor Lawrence, it's going to be Doug Peterson. We saw what he did with Carson Wentz um, when he was in Philadelphia. We saw what he did with Nick Foles when Nick Foles came in and ended up when it, you know helping the Eagles uh, lead that team to a Super Bowl. Um, so Doug Peterson, I think, is a great hire for this Jacksonville Jaguars team. Um, and I think that they can build on a lot of stuff going into the future. I just think um, going into the 2002 season, it's not what they're going to want to do. But it's right. It's it's understandable. Uh, you know what I mean? They've lost a lot of key pieces uh, during this offseason. Trevor Lawrence, um, unfortunately, didn't have the best season last year. Like I said, showed flashes. Um, and even in the preseason game, showed flashes. But, you know, they 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 were some 
they did spend in in the offseason. You know, they brought in Christian Kirk, uh, Trayvon Walker in the draft, Brandon Sheriff to to bring in that, you know, to join that offensive line, which needs tremendous help, um, which showed last year. So um, and, and, and a free agent signing in Zay Jones that showed a little bit of flash during that preseason game as well. So um, I think that they're doing the right things um to to build as a team they got the right quarterback they 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 seem like they're built they're going to build a culture and doug peterson is known for building a culture um it got them a super bowl so i'm very excited for this team in the future just looking um at this 2022 season i don't and, and the schedule that they have drew i have them really at three games maybe four a winning so um i don't know man it's going to be tough for them so i'm actually i'm in on this I don't have them as bad as the Detroit Lions of that one time ago, but I'm in on this as well. Guys, that game, that Hall of Fame game was terrible between the Jags and the Raiders. It was terrible. It was like 27 to 11. What was the score or whatnot? I mean, we don't really get too hype over preseason games, but the way that this game just went out, it just made my soul bleed on the inside is the best way I could really describe the feeling of how I felt during this game. You know, the, the, the test will be able to tell, you know, week one when they play against the Washington Commies. And yes, I call them the Commies as a fan of the Redskins. Yes, I will say their name because as a fan of what I am, I'm still a fan of the Washington team, not of the owner, still a fan of the team. I am loyal. I'm sticking with the Commies. However, the week one is going to be the test. Can Carson Wentz stand tall and get that win against the Jaguars in week one? I think so. Carson Wentz and Doug Peterson, man. Yeah, it's it's gonna be the he's gonna be that rivalry between each other now that we got to see. You know, they they're not let's not they're in the same division. They're gonna see each other twice a year, but yeah. every now and then, if, if Wentz stays healthy and becomes the Commanders' quarterback for the next four to six years, who knows? This could be something beautiful that we see. I am in on this be, just because of the way this Hall of Fame game the. The, the, the blueprint of what we saw, I do feel like that Doug Peterson's offense and his scheme is going to save Trevor Lawrence from disaster and keep his career active. It's not going to completely destroy his career. I do have high hopes for Trevor Lawrence, uh, but I don't see it this year. Like you said, I agree with that. Um, possibly for next year for 2023, maybe by 2024, but they've got to stand tall with Doug Peterson and realize it took him a few years to kind of get, get it right with the Eagles. He didn't just do it overnight. Um, he's going to need at least two to three years with this team to get a few more pieces in the offseason in the draft and some more free agent moves. But like you said, Sheriff, that was a big loss for Washington and a big game for Jacksonville. Veteran-wise, uh, what he can do with the leadership in your locker room, you definitely had a great pickup there with Brandon Sheriff and for your offensive line. So that's why I got to agree with him. I'm in on this. And for that, we unlocked our first segment of... <laughs> And with that being said, that was a great way to get this started with round one. Let's go ahead and take this into round two. Round two. And with round two, mm. Kevin Durant is the greatest to ever wear the number 35 of all athletes in sports history. Very controversial topic. 
But that's how we start it here on the inner out sports debate. How are you feeling about this, Bish? Are you in or are you out on this? I'm actually in on this. And I'll tell you, I'll tell you what, I've come to love KD, to to not like KD, to really love KD, and now he's just kind of pissing me off again. So, um, but you know, we're t- we're talking about you know athletes and, and what they do with their talent and what they can do and and on you know on the court or in the field on wh- wherever we talk about amongst all of sports and, and to wear the thirty five. But you know, to me, the really the you know, not to not to be disrespectful, but the the only really 35 that kind of sticks out to me is, is Ricky Henderson, you know, Mr. Base uh, Steeler himself. So you can make an argument for that. But for me, but for me, Drew, uh, I'm, I'm going with uh, Kevin Durant to to where the best athletes everywhere at number 35. You know what? what we what he can do at his height his size the way that he can pull up and just score on any, anybody is something like we've kind of never seen before with his size i mean that's that's the biggest thing and um his defense may not be the greatest um but you know we've seen him take over games in the finals um against lebron when he was obviously he he was with golden state uh when he got those uh two championships where he won finals mvp but rightfully so i mean he went off in, in those games and he was the best player on the court um on the biggest stage so uh when it comes to kevin durant and his talents there's no denying it um i think that he is the best athlete to ever wear number 35 Oh, bitch, I'm out. There's one guy that you forgot about. There's one guy. He's one of the best baseball athletes of the of the those generations those decades that he played he's a baseball hall of famer a 10-time all-star a two-time world series champion in 1989 with the oakland athletics and in 1993 with the toronto blue jays he's an al mvp in 1990 an alcs mvp with said athletics in 1989 a 1981 gold glove award winner and a three-time silver slug award winner in 1981 1985 and in 1990, give it up for Ricky Henderson. You got to give it up for Ricky Henderson. You have to at number 35. The longevity of his career played for like almost 30 years. It felt like it felt like he played as long as baseball had it been existed. You got to give it to Ricky Henderson. That's how I feel. I could be wrong. And I did make a five-minute highlight clip for Kevin Durant of what we're about to see that'll make you out there, the viewer, think, was it Ricky Henderson or was it Kevin Durant? These highlights are primarily of him wearing the number seven since he left the um, the Golden State Warriors. But what do you think? With Kevin Durant, how he plays, is he the best one to ever wear, 35? Are y'all related? <laughs> he has embraced this city, and they have embraced him. Harris, oh, and a block from Durant. Kelly Oubre getting a two-year, $25 million deal for Charlotte. Oh, what a look from Durant. Millsap connects on the three. Gorgeous find from Kevin Durant. Nets have time to work with here. Seven seconds. Durant looks at the clock. Caldwell Pope digs in. Durant. Oh, a major splash. Get to see the open man, Bruce Brown, on the baseline. Instead, it's Durant with the shot clock winding down. Durant lines it up. Durant! 
Indiana's four of five from long range. Durant's got 11. Craig goes down. Durant has got a highlight. KD doing damage from the perimeter. Had the foul to give. Ankle breaker. Oh. Kevin Durant is one. He has been on the inside. Brown. Look for the open man. Durant the bounce. Joe Harris the finish. KD the block by Aldridge. Carter in there. Mills swings it. Durant against Gallinari. Look out. Durant. Griffin gets it in for Mills. Four seconds. Three seconds. To Durant. Fires at the horn. Kevin Durant rattles home from deep. Much needed. Green defending Durant. Three on the shot clock. Crossing deep in the back. Durant scores again. That's what he's averaging this year. Top five among centers. Oh, Durant. Oh, wow. Kevin Durant. Thunder offense off to a good start here in the third quarter. Ten points, a couple of threes. But the Nets go right back to it. And Baisley's going to get called for the bump and a foul in the fadeaway of Durant. Stuffing every day right, of the year. Right. Smart turns it over. Thomas to Durant. Durant goes inside on the flush. And the lead is 16. It's not falling for Tatum. One for nine for three. Durant down the other end. Layup is good. And the foul. Kevin Durant. Chance for a three-point play. Durant. Looking for the dagger. Durant. Yes! Kevin Durant. Puts the Nets in front by five. They double Durant. Mills back to Durant. Fade away. Got it! Got it! What a big-time hit! Shots, and of course, always use that physicality and body. Durant. Downtown hit for Kevin Durant! And the foul! And Adam steps in for the steal. Break opportunity. Culver goes upstairs. Denied! Durant! Do not go in there! Embry again applying pressure in the backcourt on Moran. Culver attacks. Blocked by Durant. Rotating over for the rejection. Filthy blocks tonight. Look at this one. Coming over to help. Texas in Texas. And Durant throws it down. He was in the basket before Turner could get up. Milwaukee Bucks team as you see the turnover there. Durant the bounce. Clocks there. Can hit a robust move down court. Durant, wow! Nice job to get a hand on it. Or on Dragic. Durant straight line drive and says it with his chest. Straight line driving, lack of communication. Julius standing there. Durant looking. asking for a screen, sending it away. Twelve seconds left. Durant. You bet! KD on a three to put Brooklyn in front by one! Utah down to 43% shooting. On Durant finds Griffin. Hammer jam! 
with four threes and 11 rebounds. Got a screen from Claxton. Oh, what a pass. What a pass indeed. Great pick and roll, screen roll game with the two bigs inside. Red light throw, Durant into Claxton. Got to play smart basketball. Oh. Irving comes up with a steal. Rion. Irving racing in, finds Durant for the hammer. Now that was textbook. Irving hands to Durant. Oh, what a find! Claxton! In his bag, the no look. Has always been a likable guy. Ball gets knocked around. I think he's truly appreciating his current state. Durant on the rack attack. That's number five on Horford. It's just the second team foul for Boston in this quarter. Nice pass. Proud. The corner is good. Durant to get this series to Boston in a game five on Wednesday. Durant gets by Williams. Leaves it for So what do you think, fans? Do you agree? Do you think Kevin Durant is the greatest to wear number 35 of all the athletes in sports history? Let us know in the comments. We'll acknowledge him here at the midway point of the show. But with that, we do have some breaking news that we have to acknowledge right now. That breaking news is this. Following the double debate Monday next week, we have a double debate Tuesday next week as well. Episode 39, Hugh Scott of the Wrestling Realm will be here at 5.30 p.m. on that Tuesday. Following that, Dwayne Allen of the Wrestling Realm will be following that up with episode 40 at 8 o'clock p.m. here on the Inner Out Sports Debate. That is four episodes next week that we have but so far, we've gotten through two rounds on this one. We do have to get to round three. Round three. And with round three, the Philadelphia 76ers need to make more moves in order to be true contenders for the 2022-2023 season. How do you feel about this, Mike? Are you in or are you out on this? Come on, man. I'm out. <laughs> Listen, man, um, I've been critical for – I was critical last season for what the Sixers did and or didn't do, I should say. Um, obviously, making the trade for James Harden was big, um, but I think it kind of hurt them in a sense as far as their depth on the bench. So um, I like the starters as, as they are. Um, but what I didn't like last year is, you know, when they get tired, who, who, who are you bringing in? You know what I mean? You, you got rid of Seth Curry. Um, this year you got rid of Danny Green, which I'm totally fine with coming off of an injury. I understand that. Um, but I, I think the Sixers can, can really be contenders right now. Obviously there, there are several teams that I do put ahead of them. Um, but I do think that they are a top three team in the East. Now I know um, for me, for me, it'd be Milwaukee. Um, it'd be Milwaukee. 
I'm trying to think of of who I would throw in there. So definitely Milwaukee would probably be, would probably be my number one right now in the East, and the Sixers probably the third or, or the fourth seed um, in the East. But I do think as long as you're in those top three seeds in each, whether it's the Western Conference or the Eastern Conference, that you can be a true contender in the NBA. I still think that number one team to go through in the entire NBA is going to be the Golden State Warriors. But if Joel if Joel and B can stay healthy, which he did for pretty much all year last year until he got to the playoffs. Obviously had the broken orbital, still played. Um, and then the I think he had a tear in his hand as well. So he played through all of that. Uh, you could tell it did, especially that the hand um was hurting him. And you can tell you could tell in the or in the playoffs that it definitely was affecting him. So um I think if he can stay healthy, which I know is a big if if you look throughout his career. Um, and listen, the the big thing for me with James Harden, I know a lot of people trash James Harden because he's they say that he's not the James Harden of old. He doesn't have to be the James Harden of old, in my opinion. If you can get a James Harden that can score 21 points with 13 assists, which he's very well capable of giving you 13 assists, uh, you can win a championship with him, Joel Embiid. And you want to talk about another guy in Tyrese Maxey? I mean, to me, you're set. The X factor for me for this Philadelphia 76ers team is going to be, I feel like almost every year is is Tobias Harris. I know what I'm probably what I'm going to get out of the out of the other three, um, and I expect Tyrese Maxey to grow from what he was last year. And from James Harden, if he's not going to give you that 30 points a game, that's fine. At least I know he can still be a great contributor or distributor of the basketball and really fit in well as a point guard on this team because he is a great point guard still. Uh, my big question is you got another max player in Tobias Harris who goes had a solid season last year, had some really good games. But when you're a max player, you need to play like a max player, and he hasn't played like a max player. So if he can even – if he can give you 25 points a night on a consistent basis, I think that this Philadelphia 76ers team has all the pieces it can to, to you know, to, to win or at least compete for a championship. Now I talked about the bench and what was stripped from the bench. You go out and you pick up a veteran defensive head like PJ Tucker, you know, you bring in a Daniel house, uh, you bring in, you, you did the trade with uh, the Memphis Grizzlies to bring in DeAnthony Melton. So you're adding some shooters and that veteran presence onto that team to try to refill that bench. Are they the shooters like Seth Curry is? No, not 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 really. So I understand that, but there's still some scores and some defense that you brought into this team that I do think can help contribute to the team. So I think that Daryl Morey Daryl Morey did a great job. Um, James Harden, I commend him tremendously for uh, opting out of his contract and taking less money. Unlike Russell, what Russell Westbrook did was being selfish and took the max. Um, you know, James Harden didn't do that. He he. He kind of stuck to his word saying that, one, he wanted to be in Philadelphia and he wanted to win a championship. I think he took the first step to prove it, and that's taking less money to bring in these guys like a P.J. Tucker and make the trade for uh, a D'Anthony Melton. So uh, I, I'm out on this. I think that this team can really come together and compete for a championship depending on health. I absolutely agree. I'm out on this as well. And with that, we unlocked our first rendition of this. Damn! 
We both agree on this topic. Yeah. I mean, it's hands down with this one. I mean, they made the moves last year to plan for this year. I mean, of course, they would have loved to have gotten a little bit further in the playoffs and had a little bit more of a run than what they had for picking up Harden. But you got rid of the headache of what was Ben Simmons. I mean, let's just say it for what it is. I'm not going to completely mm-hmm. throw him under the bus for what it is, but it's just the situation of – of what was going on with him. Like, where is he? He still hasn't shown up. Like if anybody finds him, we might have to put his face on a milk carton to find this man, because we still have yet to see where this man is. Shout out to Brian snow of snowman in the morning with Cole Johnson for their segments that include where is Ben Simmons and where can you find him? That's, that's, that's my plug for that one. But anyway, (laughs) when it comes to this with the Philadelphia 76ers, Am I picking them to be like the Golden State Warriors this year or or for the next two to three? No. I do think that with the moves that they made, they they keep climbing away, keep plugging away. We see them in the Eastern Conference Finals. We see them in the Finals at some point. And who knows what happens then? Um, I mean, all these other teams like the Bucks with Giannis and other teams slowly but surely added a piece one by one, like you were saying with Tobias Harris, and then you're picking up other pieces to go around. James Harden may not be what he was back in the day when he first came to the Houston Rockets when he left the Thunder and he really blossomed. But like you said, he might not need to be that. He just needs to have the pieces be around him that get it gel and, and cohesive and play team ball to get the results. And I think that's what can happen with the 76ers here. Yeah, man, I, I totally agree. I'm excited to see, you know, what James Harden can be as a true point guard. I mean, we saw it when he first got to the Nets. I mean, I remember making FanDuel bets that he was, you know, <laughs> I remember going on there and the over under was 13, 14 assists of the night. And I'm like, that's kind of crazy. But I go back and I kind of look at his last, tra- you know, at his track record. And he can dish the ball ever since he went to that point guard position. Obviously, you know, that, you know, played that shooting guard position, but he can distribute the ball as a true point guard. I mean, there was uh, passes last year when he got to the Sixers that I thought were just absolutely phenomenal. So, yeah, man, I I think that uh, this team has what it takes to compete for a championship. I I, kind of went blank earlier, but I still probably I still have um, Milwaukee ahead of them. Um, I do think as a team, the Boston Celtics are a little bit better than them. And then I would, you know, that third spot, you could either swap Philly or Miami, in my opinion. Um, but I would I would go Philly selfishly uh, in that one. <laughs> of course, you got that homer pick. But, I mean, I, I, feel, I feel you on that, man. But it's, you know, going back to what you had said with, with him not taking the max deal like Russell Westbrook, you it shows now how much that's hurting the Lakers. <laughs> And how, you know, that move that was made by Harden was it was easier to make him make that trade to where they were able to move him to the Sixers. They're not really going to be able to move Russ. They're stuck with him on this last year, this deal for whatever 40 some million dollars they owe him for the season, that outlandish money. And you're not going to get 40 some million dollars worth of results out of him. You just got to make it with the best you can. But, you know, you get more value out of James Harden now still in 2022 than you do of Russell Westbrook. Yeah. it's going to be interesting to see how the 76 or seasons pan out. We do have a decent amount of topics that we have to go over here in the medial mayhem. Thank you fans for sticking with us. Let's go ahead and check these out. (laughs) 
And here in the medial mayhem, the midway point, we have some comments from the fans we have to go through. And that is our guy, the chosen one, shows up, says, let's go. He's hype about this episode, ready for episode 35. He was here at the beginning. I guess he was talking about your podcast. He was asking if you have horror movie coverage. Yeah, man, big horror fan. I'm actually, um, we're in a uh, countdown to, it's called Road to Halloween End. So uh, every week we're starting with uh, that movie right there. Uh, we started uh, last week, uh, the original John Carpenter's Halloween, and we're covering every Halloween movie le leading up to Halloween Ends on October uh, 14th. So big horror channel um, as well. Um, I, I would say that's probably the number one topic that we talk about over there, man. So, uh, definitely if you're free, man, I, you know, take a chance and, and come listen and, uh, might have your own sometime. Man, I appreciate the invite. We'll definitely have too. with that. We also have some more comments. I guess he was precursoring the answer to what you said. He said, noise. I guess that's, uh, that's something he wanted to say. The Jags suck. They're going to go. Oh, and 17. Uh, well, uh, you want to. I mean, yeah, I'll tell you this, man. I was looking at the at their schedule coming over here or before we got onto the show, and I struggled to pick three games. I you know, <laughs> Cody, if Cody's listening, I picked them. I picked the Jags to beat the Giants. I, I don't know if that can happen. I know, I know, I, I don't think it can happen. I just wanted to make Cody mad, to be honest with you. Um, what I have. I, I don't know. I, I have. I have to. I have to. It look. wasn't the beginning. Okay. Um, and then I and then I think I picked them to to win against the Texans one one week, and then I was struggling for that third game, Drew. I'm not gonna lie to you. I think I can't even remember which one I picked, but they got a they got a pretty tough schedule. They play Dallas, Philly. They play the Chargers. Um, that they, they they have a really tough schedule this year. So um, hopefully we see this year for the Jags. For me, I want to see the development with the team. I want to see chemistry with the team and I want to see development in, in Trevor Lawrence uh, from what I saw last year. doesn't mean that, you know, I, I don't need them to go 17 and zero or win 10 games. I just, they're at a point where they are in such a rebuilding stage coming into this season. You're looking for those developments. You're looking for Trevor Lawrence to mature into a quarterback because the talent's there. The talent just doesn't go away. So hoping Doug Peterson can get the, get the talent out of Trevor Lawrence that we saw in college. Um, and I think that they can do that. I just think that their schedule is really, really tough this year. And as a former quarterback with Doug Peterson, you know, whether, you know, he was still was in the league for quite some time as a backup, still learned a lot under the, the coaches that he played under, especially with Holmgren being one of them. He's yeah. definitely going to know how to work with these quarterbacks. Definitely an offensive minded guy. So if you give him time, like we were talking about earlier, two to three years, I don't think he's going to go 0 and 17, chosen one. That's pretty far fetched. But I would say that they're probably going to have more losses than wins this year. Definitely, I'm definitely going to be the the under on that, you know. But as far as this, when it comes to 0 17, no, they're not that bad. Yeah, I'm just glad you didn't say that they were going to beat the Commanders in Week One. That, that, that made me feel good, you know, going <laughs> going to that Week One with Carson Wentz. Hopefully, he hangs in there with that. But we have Ricky Henderson. He's talking about. He agreed with me for that one. Pisco says, "Knock it out the park, fellas." Definitely hype about this episode kd is a crybaby says the chosen one mm, i'm gonna touch on that at the end of the show okay <laughs> with this he says ben simmons needs to come back and then they win um uh, no go ahead i'll let you go um
Stay off the weed. <laughs> That's oh, what I think about this comment. And again, stay off the weed. Just need to tell you that, chosen one, because Ben Simmons, that whole debacle, you want to go through that again? What is wrong with you? I don't I don't even know where to go with that one. Let's let's go ahead and kick it to the next comment. Corey Mann, Tobias is definitely the X factor. Bish is spot on with the max player analysis. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. Yeah, I think, um, man, it's 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 frustrating as a Sixers fan because there are some games where you just he just he's spot on, but honestly, most of the time he's just very inconsistent and very off a lot of games. It's just, man, if he can just come into his own and be more consistent, he he is that X factor and he can make such a big difference. We don't I don't need him to drop. 30, 35 points a game. That's what we have in bead for. We have an upcoming Tyrese Maxey for. I know Tyrese is young, but we've seen splashes. I mean, he dropped 30-some points in several playoff games last year. So uh, we don't need Tobias to do that. But, you know, as a max player, as a contract, you know, having that max contract, you expect these players to live up to that. And Tobias has just been very inconsistent um, in that nature. But he has the ability, just has to be more consistent with it. Absolutely. I definitely agree on that as well. And Corey has another comment to follow up. If Miami gets Durant without giving up key pieces, you can forget the rest of the East. Man, I have I have I have feelings about Kevin Durant and and like I've I've just grown so frustrated with him. Man, I, I'm gonna save it for the end, but I will I will say word, yeah. yeah, I just I'll, I'll save it. I'll just, I'll, I'll just, I'll, right now, I'll just say that Kevin Durant's talent is undeniable. And that's why I defended him when it came to wearing the number 35. I'm not going to be biased or anything like that. I'm not going to hold that against him because I do think he is the best athlete to ever wear number 35. But his antics are just a little too much. And I'll touch on that. With the stats that I give with Ricky Henderson, because he played for 24 seasons. And yeah, I made Crazy. a five and a. Yeah, I mean, I made a five and a half minute video for Kevin Durant because he is if this would have been for all of NBA history, I would be 100 percent in and agreeing with you. But with this is the cliffhanger with it being in all of sports history. When I compare yeah. the two, KD had to join up on a super team with Steph Curry and with Clay Thompson and with the rest of those pieces to get <clears throat> those two championships. And I can't Ricky Henderson did it with two different teams and they, he he just he did it with two great teams and and you're right and it wasn't expecting to do it either he just did it you're right and it's it's hard to deny that and you know what i say about katie later is probably gonna put my own argument to shit to or to shame <laughs> i'm sorry i don't i don't know no you're good here. Okay. no you're good uh, to, no, sh we... to shame on here so um i might hurt my own self with this um but uh no ricky ricky henderson is absolutely great man i'm not gonna sit here and like you know, go back, even though it is a sports debate show, I'm not going to go too back and forth with you because that's, that's a, that's one that it's tough. Yeah. It's just, it Ricky Henderson was a beast.
Def, he definitely was. If if KD gets to 20 years like Kobe, then then maybe I'll open it up a little bit. If he gets another one or two earned like actual NBA championships, yeah. within, like start like do something like say you're going to go to a team, start an actual team in a franchise and stick it out. But we'll get to that at the end because I have a feeling I'm going to be like replying to what you're saying or whatnot. <laughs> I just got a feeling I know what you're saying. We got one more comment before we go to round four. Simmons MVP in three years. Bitch, are you for real? Like for real? Are you for real, dude? Like you might even need this. English motherfucker, do you speak it? <laughs> like I don't even know if this is English, dude. Like the Rock might even need to be joining in on this one. Jabroni. And The Rock says this, Big Show. Did The Rock call you a jabroni? You're damn right he did. He called 20 others a jabroni as well. Shut your mouth and look at The Rock. Read The Rock's lips. Jabroni. J-A-B-R-O-N-I-X-Y-Z-A-B-C. Oh, it doesn't matter how you spell jabroni. And just because he might have to stick it sideways. You see, The Rock is going to take his boot. Oh no. Not the boot. And then the rock is gonna turn it horizontal or sideways. Just the way you like it, or so the rock is heard. Wait a minute. <laughs> and then Kurt, in one swift motion, the rock is gonna take his boot and stick it straight up your candy ass! <laughs> Chosen one and one last Stay time. off the weed. Just, something's going on, man. Man, I'll just I'm not I'm not going down this road because I I went down this road for the last year and a half. All I'm gonna say is I've lost all respect for, for Ben Simmons in, in several ways. Um that that's that's all I'm gonna say on that one. We can't really sum it up too much, you know, with, with everything that's been going on with him. The actions need to prove it on the court, but but if history does prove this, when it comes to the fan, when it comes to previous, uh, when it comes to previous players that have bad drama, they usually don't really recover from it. When it comes to stuff like this, when you have to be moved around from team to team because of it. But with that being said, we do have an awesome round four to get into. Let's go ahead and take it into that round four. And here with round four, Howie Roseman's offseason moves have reinvigorated the Philadelphia Eagles towards becoming a threat in the playoffs. How do you feel about this, Bish? Are you in or are you out on this? Man, I'm all the way in. Go ahead and light it up. Listen, man, I've I I will say I am I'm definitely one of those people who um I'm not I'm, I, I try my hardest not to be biased uh, when it comes to the Eagles. Um, they are definitely my number one team, my number one love, have been for years and years. Um, but I will, I, I've always been. They, they've let me down more, more than more than not. So I've always been realistic with this team, and uh, it, it's. I'll be honest with you, Drew. It's been a very long time since I've been this confident in, in the Philadelphia Eagles. And I'm, I'm not so sure 
I was saying that at the beginning of last year with the hire of Nick Sirianni and what I saw from that team early in the last year. But I, you know, for Jalen Hurts to to come in um, and make the playoffs his first year as a full time starter, yes, got that last seed, or or, or you know, you came in as as a low seed. Um, I understand that, but you know, for a rookie head coach and a rookie quarterback to come in their first year and make the playoffs. I just thought that that was huge for the team, huge for both of them. And once Nick Sirianni got his foot, his feet really planted into the ground and decided to use Miles Sanders and Jordan Howard last year um, and all the running backs on the team. And, um, you know, that catapulted us to, be become the number one rush rushing team in the NFL at a point last year. So um, I think the run game is, is going to play a big factor this year. Now I know the Eagles um, went out and got a huge addition on that offense of side of the ball at the wide, re- wide receiver position in AJ Brown. Um, so they are going to be able to pass the ball a little bit more. I've seen, I liked what I saw in the preseason from Jalen hurts, six of six um, touchdown. So, um, still got Dallas Goddard. If Miles Sanders can stay healthy, I really like Miles Sanders out of the backfield. You got um, Devontae Smith coming into his second year. I, I've, I haven't been this confident in our wide receivers since Deshaun Jackson and Jeremy Macklin. So I feel really confident in our um, offense, uh, one of the best offensive lines in the NFL. Um, and switching over to the defense, man, I've haven't been this happy in a really long time, to be honest with you. I mean, Darius Slay um, speak, speaks for himself, one of the best cornerbacks in the league, showed it last year. Um, amazing coverage last year, um, interceptions on top of that. Um, and what the Eagles did in the in the in the uh, free agency and draft, you know, you bring in a James Bradbury to um, sure up that other cornerback spot. Um, I will say they are a little weak at the safety position. So hopefully uh, with Anthony Harris there again this year, they can kind of uh, sure that up. But other than that, the cornerbacks, the linebackers bringing in the uh, draft and the Kobe Dean and uh, Kazir White. Um, which he had a pick in the preseason game as well. Um, I, I I don't know, man. And and Jordan Davis on that off or defensive front, uh, along with Fletcher Cox and um, uh, Brandon Graham. I mean that defensive that defensive line and that offensive line for the Philadelphia Eagles. I think are, are some of the best in the entire league. Um, it all trickles down to Jalen Hurts, and um, I, I'll say this. Um, I really, 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 really want Jalen Hurts to be the guy because he has every intangible that you want out of your quarterback. He is a leader. He is um, a tough quarterback. He one of the things that I like is he's progressed in his two years so far or year and a half so far. So um, I I like what I've seen out of Jalen Hurts as well. It's just all on him. And I, I think that Howie Roseman and that whole front office team has done a great job surrounding Jalen Hurts with the weapons that he needs, um, the protection that he needs, and the weapons on the defensive side of the ball to help 
um, keep the opposing offense off the field and give your quarterback like Jalen Hurts and the wide receiver, A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, Miles Sanders, more opportunities on the offensive side of the ball to score the ball, uh, to score touchdowns um, and rack up those points. So um, I think that Harry Roseman has done everything possible. So that's why I'm in on this. I've got to agree with this as well. I'm totally in. All right. You know, there's not many people who are actual Commanders fans, as we can say, that can give you the scoop straight up for any other team in the NFC East, but I'm about to do it. And when it comes to the Eagles, they definitely made a lot of great moves, and I actually made some notes that I have on the side over here. When it comes to Howie Roseman's moves, number one, I got to go with picking up A.J. Brown. That was definitely number one for your wide receiving core. The signing of Hassan Reddick in March was definitely Definitely huge for this team. Drafting the Kobe team, the first, I mean, the fact that he fell into this draft out of the first round um, is is a slap in the face to this kid. He's going to be, he's not going to be quite like what Tom Brady's um, fuel for his fire was for all those years, but it's going to fuel him to where he's going to be a beast for this defense, what is what I'm thinking when it comes to the Eagles. The signing of Kazir White will definitely be another good long-term deal to definitely help out this team. A pro bowler, it's only a one-year deal, actually, but coming from the Chargers for those four seasons, he's definitely got a big um, – he's definitely got some leadership that he can bring to this team to help them out as well. When it comes to drafting, Jordan Davis was definitely another big move for the Eagles um, as well. Another move, and another move that's a sleeper, um, besides signing Boston Scott, the other big move that I would have to say that helps out this receiving core would be the signing of Zach Pascal coming from the Colts. He had like 500, about 600 maybe uh, yards last season. Um, I know he had about four or five touchdowns or whatnot receiving, so that's definitely going to be another, um, another addition that's going to help this Eagles team out. They're going to make the playoffs. It's just going to be a matter of will it be as the division champs or will it be as the wild card for the NFC? You know, usually teams aren't repeating, you know, yearly. So it's it's it could be the commanders for all we know. Hell, it could be the, the Giants this year, but even though that would be some far-fetched talk right there. <laughs> but the way this division goes over the past couple decades is a new millennium. It's a toss-up for every other year, at least every two to three years. You don't know is this a shake-up every few years with the way that this division pans out. So it could be completely different than what we're used to. And playing the same team twice over and over again of you know, for six total games in division has a lot to do with how your overall record to not only getting into the playoffs, but where you seed as well. So when it comes to the Eagles, I'm in with these Howie Roseman moves. Um, it was definitely good to see that he actually stepped up and it wasn't how it had been over the past few seasons because had he not made the moves that he made this offseason, he probably wouldn't have a job either during the season or by the end of the year because ever since you guys went to the Super Bowl and won, you haven't really had much to really speak for. And that's, you know, as a Commanders fan, this is this is reporting, this is not as a fan, but when it comes to as a fan, the fan doesn't have much to say when it comes to that. You know, it's been a couple of decades or whatnot since he's even not only snipped the playoffs but advanced past first round. You guys, definitely the fact that you've won a Super Bowl in the past five years is huge and huge for the NFC East in general. But since that time, you know, getting rid of Carson Wentz, you know, Foles is gone. You, you have a different quarterback now. It just it hasn't panned out. This is make-or-break season with these key additions that you guys made, not just for Howie Roseman. If it goes good, then it's good for Howie. But if it goes completely south and completely sour, 
they're going to be calling for Howie's head. Yeah, um, I, I agree with that. But, man, it's I, I, I agree that Howie is probably, you know, this is a big year for him. He obviously made the moves. We talked about that. But I think I think the guy on the hot seat is is, is going to be Jalen Hurts. I mean, because you look at all the talent that Harry Roseman brought in. He did his job. So um, I want Jalen Hurts to be the quarterback so bad because I think that he is the type of leader and quarterback that every team needs, that all the players uh, follow uh, in the locker room. So I, I want him to be the quarterback. I want him to be the guy for the long haul. And, you know, I've always liked Jalen Hurts over Tua, even back in college. I have the Facebook receipts to to prove it. It's just something about Jalen Hurts that I've always, always really adored. And I was a big Carson Wentz fan. And when the Eagles drafted Jalen Hurts, I, I liked him a lot. And I, I was like, well, damn. I mean, this puts me in a pickle. Obviously, you know, Carson Wentz, you know, recently helped us win a Super Bowl, obviously got hurt. But if it wasn't for him leading us to a 12-win uh, record or 13-win record, whatever one of those two it was, I can't remember, before he got hurt, we wouldn't have been in the position where we were in to get that number one seed. So I'm uh, really excited for this team this year, man. I try not to get my hopes up, but I haven't been, really been this excited in a while. I picked the Dallas Cowboys to win the NFC East last year. I just thought that they were the better team. Um, but I think I do think the Eagles are the better team this year as Dallas didn't improve really much at all. In my opinion, they got a little worse. Uh, they, they've lost key, they lost key additions as well. I'm very excited about our wide receivers. I haven't been this confident in our wide receivers and our linebackers. Um, you talk about Nicobe Dean, Kazir White and Hassan Reddick. At that linebacker position, I mean that just screams stack to me. So, um, and it hasn't been like that for us in a really long time. So, I'm very excited about the linebacker position for us, uh, and of course the wide receiver position as well. Shout out to LMS and Statman because he's probably going to be going nuts when it comes to those stats. You're going to be saying like, "There's going to be some wild stats from both sides of the ball," because in not many cases, usually when it comes to off seasons, you know you have a lot of good positive help for either one side of the ball whether it's offense or defense it's very rare where you have big plug-ins yeah. that you got from offense and defense so it's going to be a very huge move to what we see going on when it comes to this but speaking of that we've gone through four rounds it is now time for the final round of episode 35 And with this episode's final round, the Juan Soto trade was a better deal overall for the Washington Nationals. How do you feel about this, Bish? Are you in or are you out on this? I'm actually out. Listen, man, I know um, I, I know what the what the Padres gave up to get Juan Soto. I, I know it was a lot, and I know Washington is getting back, you know, got back a lot. I, I understand that. But Juan Soto, one, is super young, very talented, one, one you arguably one of the best young young baseball players in all of Major League Baseball, and, and you team him up with Manny Machado and uh, – Tatis, which obviously, you know, he's going through his stuff right now. So, but you put those three together. I'm not, I'm not saying that they, they're the best team in major league baseball, but that that's a very good combination, uh, especially with, 
uh, bringing Juan in as young as he is. That's that's what gets me, man, is um, it's very unfortunate for Washington that he wanted out of Washington because, you know, you they, they lost a young talent and, and Bryce Harper uh, that was the face of the franchise. And you, obviously you have Juan Soto, who is very talented, uh, amazing at what he does. And wow, you're like, wow, he can be the face of our franchise now moving forward. And he wants out. So it's kind of disappointing uh, if you're a Washington fan. I understand you got a lot back for him. But losing a talent and a really a, a star like Juan Soto, um, it, it hurts. And I, I, I'm going with the Padres on this one, man. I think that I think that they're going to luck out at the end of this trade. So I've actually disagree with this. You yeah. say you're out. I say I'm in. Even though Juan Soto finally did this six days ago. Payoff pitch. And a high fly ball to deep right field. Juan Soto has left the yard. First time in a Padres uniform. The Soto shuffle will make his way all the way around to tie the score one to one. Welcome to San Diego, Juan Soto. I mean, the fact that the Nationals walked away with the top five prospects in this True. trade you know it's you know the more i think about it i just feel like i'm in it's hard to say what a prospect's gonna do and i was talking about this a few episodes ago it's why i felt a little differently at one point but the more i think about this what the padres are doing right now with the whole steroid deal with fernando tatis you know testing positive ringworm cream come on dude dude you were trying to heal faster to get back to that team because they are already playing well without you they picked up Juan Soto they're going for a ship and you were trying to make it back in time to get there for the playoffs which you were trying to do with rehab and you just screwed this team over the Nationals look even better now after all that's being said so well, what will the prospects do? We're going to have to see within the next two to three years and see how far they make it and keep tabs with these names to be in comparison to what Juan Soto is doing within that time frame. Will they be as successful as Juan Soto in the next two to three years? No. However, with their youth, will they be able to help carry this Washington Nationals into another decade of dominance possibly? Who knows? We'll see in time. That's why I got to think about this. This is why I got to go in. Um, Juan Soto is going to do some great things, I think, within the next few years and sign a long contract in San Diego. But you got to put pieces around him to be able to get, you know, it doesn't take, it takes more than one player. And your main star player who was just on the cover of MLB The Show two seasons ago in Fernando Tatis, or hell, last year, is already out PED use. There's a meme going out of that cover of MLB The Show yeah. with a syringe on it. <laughs> yeah. It's nuts, man. So, yeah, with, with all Pro that being said, that's how I feel about it. Yeah, prospects are always inter interesting, man. So it, it's going to be interesting to see. I hope you're wrong. As a Phillies fan, I really hope you're wrong. I, I It was tough to see Washington win a World Series and then see Atlanta win a World Series. Um, the, the Phillies are finally playing really well right now. Um, but it hasn't been a good past few years for us. So um, I don't want 
the nationals to to do good um but we'll we'll see how the prospects come along man they're all really good prospects in here it's just hard to judge and understand where it could go either way here um be, but for me being that it is so hard to judge the prospects i have to go with the sure thing right now in soto so that's that's why uh i, I was in on that absolutely that you know, it's, it's, I'm sorry. It, no, no, I, I understand. Like, the, I, I, it's definitely a good, compelling argument with that. I can see it going either way, but I think to really <laughs> give a good definition to what our both of our arguments are, we're going to need a few years to see it. We're yeah. not going to see all those answers here this season. The Padres definitely aren't winning now with with the whole Tatis deal. Uh, we can go back and forth on a different de- topic on another day on our thoughts with that as the season goes on. It's only August now, but that's a major blow to that team with Tatis big, big, big deal for the Padres to get Juan Snodo big deal for the nationals on both sides for the trade for right now on paper, but let's see in the next two to three years, if all those pieces stay healthy or whatnot. But with that being said, we've covered through five great topics on the episode 35 of the inner out sports debate. Let's go ahead and see what the fans have to say right here at the end was for some mayhem culmination. And here with the mayhem culmination, we've got to give a shout out to the fans for their comments that they have here. And with that, let's see what the chosen one says, says the Eagles win a Super Bowl. This Don't year. do that. Don't do that to me. I'm, I'm tired of people saying that, man. Don't I, I believe in bad juju. So I'll, I'll just say they'll have an OK season and go with that. All That's right. The- all right. All right. We'll go ahead and hurry up and get that off the screen. Nick Sirianni <laughs> is the answer. I like Nick a lot. I was very um, weary of him coming in. But then again, I was very weary of Doug Peterson. Um, so I don't know. I, I like Nick Sirianni a lot, and I know the players like him a lot too. So uh, He follows it up with, Nagomi Dean will be Super Bowl MVP. Oh, You're killing me, man. You're killing me. <laughs> Please. Let's get to Corey, man. No team has let anyone else down more than my Falcons. So be proud, bro. He's talking about your Eagles. <laughs> Man, that's, yeah. That I don't, yeah. I'll, I'll let you have that one. <laughs> that loss for the Falcons, man. That was Dude. horrible. I mean, like the one in the nineties with you know against Elway was pretty horrific. At least they knew the entire game they were going to lose. But when it came to the next go around with Matt Ryan, you thought up until halftime like they're painting that ass. If the other side was a canvas and yeah. the Falcons were painters and artists, <laughs> they were painting that ass, dude. So dude. when you put it all in perspective, and you think about how that second half went, it has got to be sad for Kyle the Falcons Sh- fan. Kyle Shanahan, man, run the damn ball. Just run it. Just think about how his resume would have been if he would have just done that. Like, it'd be so much better. He still would have gone to San Francisco, but he'd have a little bit more arguing power now if he had that. I I think, honestly, I think he'd have some jewelry on, man. Mm -hmm. Definitely would have some jewelry. Definitely wouldn't feel feel pretty bad for that call. Yeah, because you think you think about the game and how it played out. You run the you you're the Falcons. You run the ball three four times in that drive. I think I think it's nearly impossible for for the Patriots to come back, but just my opinion. He comes back with this. Speaking of the Rock, he was terrible in promos with Triple H. First, oh you know, man, you man. know what? You know what? You know what? You know what? Chosen one, you just unlocked this. This was a this was actually an Easter egg. I was actually had this up my arsenal for a day that somebody said something about Triple H. 
Well, guess what? The Rock versus Triple H, 92nd. A Triple H, The Rock says, we seem to have developed a little pattern here. And that pattern is that every single week you come out here and you run your mouth. And every single week you subject all of us to watch you stand in the middle of the ring, grab a microphone, and you say this. Tonight's uh Oh no I am the game And in this very ring For the next 20 minutes Is he constipated? I'm going to be talking And saying absolutely nothing Somebody's going to go for a ride on a DX Express tonight, but the question is, who will it be? Well, the impersonation like that, it'll for sure be The Rock. Yeah, what a night this is going to be. Almost 30,000 fans on hand here in the Georgia Dome. Well, The Rock says, uh, uh, you absolutely suck. Yeah, chosen one. When you really put it together like that, he was not terrible in promos with Triple H. I'm glad I had that one saved me aside too. for that. Me too. It, let me tell you this. I never want to hear The Rock terrible promos in one sentence again. You're talking about probably the GOAT of promos. Show some respect, Chosen One. Show some respect. Absolutely, Chosen One. <laughs> Following up with Stephanie was the greatest diva of the Attitude Era. Man, my three crushes, not going to lie to you. Lita, Trish Stratus, and Stephanie McMahon. You actually unlocked another Easter egg. Do you think you're really special because you've cashed in on the services of one Stephanie McMahon Helmsley? A $2, no, 50 cent, no. Buy two, get one free. Does anybody have change for a nickel? Grab it. What? Change for a nickel? <laughs> I love it, man. I love it. I, I will say this, though. I I wouldn't say actually I I would disagree with this. It was Lita and Trish Stratus for me. Um, I actually liked Stephanie outside of the the uh, Attitude Era when respectfully got a little thicker. We'll go mm-hmm. with that. Yep, <laughs> we'll say yep. that. Yeah, definitely would agree with that. When it comes to the Padres, are cheaters using rainwater cream to win games? Says the chosen one. Interesting. Um, it's definitely an interesting take. We haven't really came across that factoid yet. 80 games talking about Fernando Tatis, and I guess yep. he liked what I had to say <laughs> when I was going off about Fernando Tatis. This is where it gets sideways. I challenge Drew and Bish versus me and a partner of my choosing in a tag team match. No holds barred. That's no uh, competition, to be quite honest with you. It's definitely not. 
and I don't know, Chosen One. I feel like I got one more thing from The Rock to say about this. <laughs> and The Rock is going to make it very simple. No convoluted plans. No twists, no turns, no plots. And it goes like this. Here's the WWF tag team title. Here's the door. Here's the ceiling. Here's the floor. Here's a man with no testicles. And here's The Rock. And here's the people's eyebrow. Here's the people's elbow. And here's The Rock's boot. Which means he's got to take it and whip both your candy all over Charlotte. Oh, I love it. I love it. <laughs> I I didn't know I was going to be able to use these Easter eggs all in this episode, so thanks, Chosen One. I don't really have anything for episode 36 now. You're in a little bit. You said all the good ones here, but you just happened to say some things that I wasn't even thinking I was going to use it towards, but the fact that you just challenged us to a match, I had to throw that out there. A couple more, he's saying, let's go. He was hype. I guess he really wants to do that. And saying, okay, you win, The Rock was better. So he at least acknowledges that and takes his hat off good, at the good. end of the show. Thank you. Finally, we get some, some, you know, after all that trolling, you finally gave us something because we were really leaning more towards. Stay off the weed. Because, bro, we were really worried about you. It was really wild during that mayhem. But, you know, with all that being said, we do have something before we get into the vault of fame at the end to acknowledge you, but let's go ahead and take it to the final word first. And hearing the final word out of everything we've discussed in the entire episode of all five rounds or just anything in sports in general, just what's on your mind at this current moment Episode 35 on August 16, 2022. How you feel, my man? Let it. Yeah, I'm going a, I'm to a, I'm a go with KD, and uh, I don't mean for this to come off as contradicting my argument earlier as him when it, it being the best player or athlete to wear the number 35 because this is separate. There's no denying. There's absolutely no denying how talented Kevin Durant is, one of the best NBA players ever to don a uniform. Um, of any kind um, he is elite he's you know everything that you want to throw out there this is not to just dis diminish his talent or anything like that but let me tell you what man I don't know who the hell Kevin Durant thinks he is and what he what kind of power he thinks he holds but it's honestly very disrespectful and just like laughable in a sense like this man is walking around here like he's LeBron James or something. Now, talent-wise, very talented. But honestly, what has Kevin Durant won in this league? Now, like I said, I don't want to be too disrespectful. Obviously, he has two finals MVPs. But let's remember, he, he left. A great, oh, I wouldn't say a great situation, but he left the Thunder, which he had all the right to do. I had no problem at all with him leaving the, you know, the Thunder at all. He did his contract out. He did everything, seven, eight years, whatever it was in that city, every right to leave. But you go and join a team who had just come off a 70, what, 72, 73 win, best season ever, um, you know, the best backcourt ever. And you go up and join them, the team that you choked against previously in, in, in the NBA playoffs. You had them up 3-1, and they came back to beat you, and you went and joined them. Granted, respects, you won your two finals MVP with that team. No denying that. But 
can Kevin Durant actually lead a team to a championship on his own? Like, can can he do that? And I just don't think that he can. I haven't been able to see it. I get I like I lost a lot of respect for Kevin Durant when he went to Golden State, but when he decided to go to New York and join the Brooklyn Nets, I was like, I love this because this is a chance for Kevin Durant to go to his own team, um, to to help this team, to lead this team himself to an NBA championship. I'm I was okay with Kyrie Irving coming over. I was perfectly fine with that. I understand you have to have another superstar to win in this league. I get it. I was fine with that. There was no denying that Kevin Durant was the guy in New York. So I was like, this is his chance to go out and lead this team to an NBA championship. And they won a series. All, all this money that the Nets did gave Kevin Durant all bringing in Kyrie Irving for Kevin Durant, DeAndre Jordan, who was washed up, but Kevin Durant wanted, brought him in, brought in Steve Nash, who Kevin Durant wanted at the time, obviously doesn't want now. Um, they did everything that Kevin Durant wanted them to do, and the only what thing that he has to show for it is one series playoff win. That's absolutely pathetic, and for him to come out making all of these demands saying that he wants Steve Nash fired. He wants the general manager fired, or he wants to be traded. Hell no. Like, what have you done for me? If you would have brought me a championship, if you would have, hell, if you would have won me at Eastern conference finals, yeah, we can talk, but you've won me one playoff series. I paid you all this money. I did all of these things for you that you wanted to do. And now you're trying to, handicap me in a situation that's not gonna happen i'll play hardball with you so i'm i've grown very frustrated with kevin durant because i want he is such a talented player one of the best ever to play and it's just frustrating as a basketball fan somebody who loves the game to see kevin durant act like this man i was i was just so excited for him to go to new york and that has just turned into nothing but absolute pure hell um, and I do think that it tarnishes his legacy. I do. I'm not one of those people who's, who says things like this tarnishes their people's legacy. But, man, it 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 does. And you think about, you know, I question, does he know how to lead a, a team on his own? I don't know if he thinks he can lead a team on his own. Look at Look at the teams he put on his list to be traded to. Teams who are already winners. Teams who have all, already gone deep into the playoffs. Like, you know, don't just I'm not trying to compare them, but Kevin Durant is walking around acting like he's LeBron James. I remember when LeBron James went to Cleveland and went back to Cleveland with a Kyrie Irving. And yes, he did bring in Kevin Love, but that team went and won things. He traded all those young that young talent in LA, which they're kind of suffering now. But guess what? They got a championship out of it, bubble or not. There is a ring. There is a banner being hung hung because of that. LeBron James has won championships every destination that he has been in. Kevin Durant has not. I'm just disappointed as a basketball fan and somebody who respects Kevin Durant's game and loves his game. He's very talented. One, Like I said, one of the best ever. I'm just very disappointed in all of this, man. 
I'd, I, I'm going to go in a different light with my final word, but just to back up what you were saying, like we were kind of starting to touch up a little bit on this earlier, but we saved it for the end for this very reason, because you hit every single bullet point when it came to the KD situation. The only one thing I'll add was, even though it took LeBron his second turn around when it came to the Cleveland Cavaliers, he still made it right. He still went back after he learned how to be a champion by going to team up with D-Wade. And yes, he did create the super team, but he learned from it and still did the same thing for Cleveland. Then he went to the Lakers and did the same thing. There was controversy, yes, of course, with that bubble season, but he still did it. Regardless, he still has that championship. And to your point, Drew, um, he like you said, he went back and delivered that and delivered that championship. And he went from my he learned from Miami and went back to Cleveland and delivered. And I thought KD was going to do the same, even though I disagreed with him going to Golden State and I kind of bashed him for it. I was like, okay, he's going to New York. Perfect, perfect opportunity. Imagine bringing the city of New York a championship, whether it's in Brooklyn or, or, or not. I mean, bring bring in the city of New York a championship. I mean, he had the perfect opportunity to do so, and I just dis- disappointed, man. As, as an so- NBA fan, as a Sixers fan, I'm happy. But as an NBA fan who really watches a lot of the games outside of my own team, it's just it's very disappointing. I that's why I got to agree with you, and we did with that topic, you know, from start to finish. But I'm gonna go in a different sport for my final word. And I'm going to go back to baseball, and I'm going to go not with a topic that we covered, but kind of dive similar to what we were talking about with the Juan Soto trade and go with the San Diego Padres and go when it it comes to that young Fernando Tatis Jr. Coming from a father who played in in the major leagues with the Cardinals and played up until I think it was like 2010, 2011, he still spent a lot of time in the major leagues and built up a very, very big reputation when it came to um, respect within the game, how he carried himself, was loved within the clubhouse. And from someone who plays out adult sports, I still play adult baseball, okay? I'm not a starter by all means. I don't play nearly any as much time as I played five years ago when I first started playing adult sports again. However, I'm still an assistant coach and I'm a player coach because I understand how team sports work, and it's a team sport. There is no I in team. Everybody plays their part, whether you're a coach and you're a motivator or you hit them ground balls to get through practices and you make sure there's – whatever the case may be, there's still a job for everybody on a team. And for Tatis – you want to come out here and say that you were using some type of rainworn cream. You were not using some type of rainworn cream. That was some BS to get you through what it would be the ever-landed backlash that would come from from finding out that you tested positive for PEDs. You were injured coming back from an injury. You found out about what was going on with the trade with Soto. They made they moved a lot of pieces to get Soto. There was a lot of pressure for you to get back, whether it was pressure from above in the organization or from some somewhere somehow this kid was pressured into taking it because he has a father, like I said, and that's why I brought that point up. He's got a father who spent all that time in major leagues, probably pressed upon him. There's a lot more coverage media-wise. You can't get away with what you got away with back in the 90s and before that because of the internet and how the the growth of technology is. So you need to behave. And the fact that this has happened is huge. Somebody within this organization, in my mind, twisted this kid into doing this. And that's why I feel the way that I do about it. And, you know, going back to playing team sports, I did this without juicing. 
Wow. Hey, John. What a, hey, what a swing, my guy. <laughs> Look at the follow through. Play it one more time. Play it again. Wow, wow. Perfect motion, my guy. That was awesome. Perfect motion. Thanks, bro. That's you know, it, it the funny thing is I you know, got it on video. That's the best swing and it, it, you know, I've had probably ever because that's left handed. When I grew up, that's why Paul says this because Pisco and I grew up together. We played sports stuff growing up. Okay. Here in you know. But anyway, with that, I played I batted right handed until my second year in the league, which is four years ago. I had a knee injury, needed to get two steps closer to first base. Started batting left handed, had only done it in wiffle ball and started doing it in the field. And I got to that point. That was the best hit that I ever had. Pretty damn you know, good. Thanks, my man. But with all that said, that's why I understand how team sports works. You yeah. understand it just from growing up and, and, and the stuff that we've had within the media realm over the years. Okay, so we we get it from that aspect too. But it helps to also be an athlete of some sort, whether no matter what point in your life, no matter what level it is, you need to understand how it works in the locker room, on the field, you know, in the media, and and all aspects of it to really get a, a huge understanding of how this works. And Tatis doing what he did was a major blow to this team. They invested a lot in Juan Soto, and if they don't win the World Series this year, it's going to be the woulda, coulda, shoulda because of Tatis. Hundred percent agree, man. Uh, um. It's very disappointing. Um, again, as a baseball fan, this is another disappointing topic, you know, right off the KD topic. Um, because, you know, you throw Tatis in there, you have that big three, and you have a real, real shot um, at, at at least competing for a World Series. So it's it's very disappointing. There's no denying Tatis's, uh skill. Um, so, yeah, man, it's uh, disappointing, and I could not agree with you more. Well, now that we've gotten to the final word, there's only one thing left to acknowledge, and that is the fact that Mr. Bish has made it into the vault of fame. Acknowledge me. That's right. With episode 35 for the first time, Michael Bish is now locked in the vault. Here with episode 35 for the first time, he is a vault of fame inductee. Part of Double Debate Tuesday, Paul Schofield, who was originally touted to be here at 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern, will be here, but at 9 o'clock p.m. Eastern this evening for episode 36. Don't forget, next week for Double Debate Monday, we have episode 37. Joseph Raymond here for the 4 o'clock p.m. Eastern edition of episode 37, followed by that evening at 7.30 p.m. Eastern. We have episode 38, Wilfredo Otero from Real Wise TV. El Wise, El Jefe will be here. The next day, Double Debate Tuesday will be episode 39. Hugh Scott of the Wrestling Realm will be here at 5.30 p.m. Eastern for the episode 39 edition of the Interhouse Sports Debate. Followed by later that evening at 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern, episode 40. Wow. Episode 40 will be here next Tuesday. Four episodes next week. But episode 40 will be part of Dwayne Allen's entry into the Inner Out Sports Debate. You can check us out all here on the platforms. Mondays and Tuesdays on all Legacy Maker platforms. The handles again on the Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, and Twitch. The Inner Out Sports Debate. Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter will be at Interout Sports, Interout underscore SD. And at Twitch, it's just Interout Sports Debate. Follow us on the audio platforms on the Apple and Google Podcast, as well as Spotify, 
Amazon Prime, Anchor.fm, and download on iTunes. We are here for episode 35, and we've only got one last thing to do there, Mr. Bish, and that is take a look at one badass outro. Everybody stay safe out there in these streets. Thank you again for tuning in for episode 35, and get ready for another great one tonight for episode 36. Y'all take care. (laughs) 